My name is John Redmond from First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas, and I want to thank you for joining us today on Peace by Believing. And today's program is going to be a little bit different than what we normally do. Normally at this time, we play an excerpt of a sermon that has been recently preached here in our church and uh, let you listen to that and then try to come back at the end and wrap it up. But today, I want to deal with the subject of anxiety And I want to deal with it not just by editing an old sermon or anything like that. And the reason that I don't want to do it that way, all the sermons that I have preached on anxiety have been so long that it would make me anxious to try to edit them down into the proper time format. And it's just not possible because any time I ever speak on the subject of anxiety, I can tell within the first two or three minutes of that sermon that the audience is right there with me, that I have their attention, that they are listening and they're wanting to hear what the Bible has to say about uh, the anxiety that they're facing. And so what I want to do today, I'm just sitting here in the studio with my Bible and a few notes. I want to share with you today some things that I hope will be helpful for you in the area of anxiety. Now, as you're listening today, the odds are that you are anxious about something. And maybe the best way for me to begin this little talk today, which is what this is, is to give a little explanation of what anxiety is. Anxiety is when we feel uptight, stressed out, when we feel angst in our spirit. In other words, we just have that feeling that life is coming at me faster than I can take it. Things are happening out of my control, and I don't know where to turn next, and we just feel stressed out. We can feel that anxiety level rising, that angst within us. It grows, and it can really be a very troubling thing. I look back on my life, and there have been times when I have struggled with anxiety and and being overwhelmed. That's the word I like to use. Is just I just sometimes say I just feel overwhelmed or being stressed out, and I can even think about some of the physical sensations that sometimes accompany high anxiety. It's not uncommon at all to get a headache, a severe headache even. Sometimes our chests tighten and we wonder maybe are we having a heart attack or a stroke or something like that. Sometimes our eyes will twitch and uh, our stomach hurts and sometimes we feel lightheaded and we feel maybe dizzy. This is this all accompanies uh being stressed out and and being anxious and being overwhelmed. And maybe you're in one of those seasons in your life where you're feeling some of those things now. I know if I let myself get too overwhelmed and get too many things going on at one time, it affects my mind. In other words, I'm not always able to think clearly. Sometimes I'll forget somebody's name that I normally would be able to call immediately. Or if I'm preaching a sermon, maybe I'll quote a scripture and I'll leave out a key word or even give the wrong scripture reference. It's just that my mind maybe is on overload. And as a result, maybe I'm not as quick and as sharp as I would normally like to be. And maybe you're experiencing some of those things today. Maybe as you're listening to this today, you're thinking, thank God I'm listening to this 
man talk today about anxiety because that's exactly what I'm facing. Maybe your eyes twitching right now, your head's hurting, your stomach's hurting, you feel lightheaded, your chest is tightening up, and you think, what in the world is happening to me? Well, you know, sometimes we have to go to the doctor and let them do a test or two to rule out anything serious. And if that's what you think you need to do today, I would encourage you to do that. But once something physical has been ruled out and you're still having those symptoms, you can pretty well rest assured that what you're dealing with there is stress and anxiety. And the question today is, does the Bible have anything to say that could help us through times like that? And the answer is, yes, it does. And over the next 20 minutes or so, I'm hoping to get in to some of that, and hopefully this will be a blessing and encouragement to you. Let's begin today by thinking about what causes us to be anxious. What causes us to have those feelings of angst, just like we can't control things and we can't handle the the way life is going? Well, I've listed out several things. As I've thought about stress in my own life and certainly in the lives of others, I think most all of our of our anxiety would be because of one of these reasons. First of all, the pace of our lives is much too fast. I do not think that God ever intended for us to live lives as quickly and at the fast pace that most of us are living our lives now. Remember when he created Adam and Eve, he placed them in a garden. Now, they had responsibilities. Adam had a job to do, and Eve had things that she was supposed to do, but they did it with balance, and they did it with a steady pace, and so much of our lives is lived at a, at a breakneck pace. It's kind of like we are a, a, a mouse or a hamster on a wheel, and that that wheel is turning, and we're trying to get off, and the harder we walk or the faster we walk, the harder that wheel turns, the faster it goes. And we think, man, the harder I try, the worse it gets. So sometimes the problem is the pace of our lives. I would encourage you to look at your life and to begin to ask yourself, what is it that I'm doing that I don't have to do? Or what is it that I'm doing that is is extra? It's in addition to my family responsibilities. It's in addition to my, to my basic work responsibilities. And it's in addition to what I need to be doing at the church. Nobody can do everything. And did you know one of the best things that you can learn to say that will help you with anxiety is, I wish I could, but I can't. And that's not a cop-out, and that's not a sign of weakness. That's just an honest answer. And so look at the pace of your life, and maybe, maybe it's just that simple. Maybe you are just doing too much. You're doing more than God expects, and as a result, you're having that anxiety. Another thing that can cause us to feel anxious is pressure in life. We have deadlines. We have responsibilities. We have financial pressures. We have relationship and family pressures, and that can mount, and those things can, can really cause us to feel to feel anxious. On the pressure part, if that's what's calling, causing you anxiety, here's what I would say to you on that. Just do the best you can. I think we all have to accept that uh, we're going to do the best we can under the circumstances with which we have. So many things in life that I do, I get frustrated sometimes because I think I don't feel like I'm doing my very best. I don't feel like I'm as prepared here as I should be. And I think we, we certainly want to be prepared, but we have to accept the fact that 
since we have so many different responsibilities, it's hard to do everything perfectly well. In fact, really, it's impossible to do anything perfectly. But on the pressure part, just say, I'm going to do the best I can, and I'm not going to beat myself up or condemn myself or put extra pressure on myself just because I didn't do something perfectly. And then another thing I think that can cause stress is a major life change. If you have just lost a spouse, that is a major, major life change. And that can can put a person into shock. That can just so jolt a person that he or she just about doesn't know what to do. Or maybe you've been through a divorce. And that's that's a very that's very similar to losing a to losing a spouse in death. It's different, but there are similarities in that you're going through something that you didn't want to go through. And now you're alone and you're trying to know how do I now face life without a spouse when I had a spouse before, uh, before I went through this divorce. And so a major life change can really rattle your cage and it can cause much, much anxiety. And then something else is the unknown. We look out into the future and we say, well, what is going to happen here? Or what is, how am I going to handle that? And so, you know, whether... Whatever you might be thinking about as you look out into your future, uh, if you factor that in too much without remembering that God will be with you in the future, whatever you face, God's going to be right there with you. He's going to help you through that. You're going to become anxious because you're going to start thinking, oh my goodness, what's going to happen to me if I run out of money or if I lose my health? And I think probably a lot of people listening today, as you think about the previous example I gave of something that could cause stress, that major life change, maybe for you it's not the loss of a spouse. Maybe for you it's the loss of a job. And now you're wondering, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to pay my mortgage, my car payment? How am I going to pay my insurance? How am I going to provide for my family? That is a major life change. Or a college student, a freshman in college. I can remember my freshman year in college. I had a wonderful experience at Baylor University, but boy, I was sure homesick my very first semester when I was away. And that's not uncommon. And so maybe you're listening today and you're a freshman or a sophomore in college and and you're doing well, you're doing fine in your classes, but you just think, man, I've left my family, I've left my hometown, I've left my friends. And you're just, it's a major life change. And so sometimes it takes a while for us to work ourselves through that. Now, one of the things I would say at the beginning of our time together today is simply this. That pressure and stress that you're feeling more than likely was not caused by any one thing. It was probably an accumulation of a lot of things. Maybe the pace of your life got too fast. Maybe the pressure, you just weren't handling that well. Maybe you had some other problem in your life or a a physical illness, a cancer diagnosis, and and you think, well, God's seeing me through this, and I'm going to be fine on that. And then A major life change happened on top of that, and now you're looking at the future. And so sometimes it's not any one thing. It's not not like one thing sunk you. It's that you you may be thinking, yes, it did, John. It was this diagnosis from the doctor, or it it was the loss of a job. Well, that may be true, but more than likely, it was a lot of things leading up to that. And then that one thing that you say, this is what sunk me, it's kind of like that was the straw that broke the camel's back. The camel's back was about to break, and it was just a matter of what goes on it next. And so that thing that went on it next that you're saying, man, that did me in, 
more than likely it didn't. That just pushed you over the top and kind of brought you to a, to a breaking point. And so that's what I'm saying today. Uh, hopefully, as we think about the solution and the cure for anxiety, as we study a passage in Philippians chapter 4, that God will speak to you and God will encourage you. Now, just like the causes of our anxiety are like a pie, they're different pieces, the cure for our anxiety is probably going to be the same way. It's not going to be just one thing that you can do that is going to cause you to be relaxed. And I can think of one time in particular in my own life, I just felt like I can't relax. My mind won't slow down. I have so many responsibilities, so many things going on. And in my case, much of it was self-inflicted. But I had had uh, some health issues also that I had faced that had caused me, I think, more stress than I realized. And I just got to a point I said, I can't relax. I can't calm down. I can't seem to be at peace. And so it took me a while to work myself through that. And it's going to take you a while to work yourself through it. And so what I want to do today is to give you some pieces to the pie that will help cure your anxiety. Now, God's going to cure you. God's going to deliver you from this, but he's more than likely not going to do it by the end of this radio program. He's probably not going to do it by the end of today or even this week, but he will begin the process of lifting that anxiety off of you as you think about some of these pieces of the pie that will help provide healing and a cure for your anxiety. Now, as I say that, we never want to underestimate the power of God. God can do whatever he wants to do. And if you're stressed out and anxious and overwhelmed right now, it may be that as this program unfolds and then in a few minutes when we come to the end, that God just lifts that anxiety off of you and it's just gone. And God can certainly do that too. I'm just saying I think more often than not, it's normally a process. It normally takes a little time. And so let's open our Bibles today to Philippians chapter 4. And let me read two verses about anxiety that uh, I think are two of the most insightful and helpful passages in all the Word of God. In fact, according to one study that was done, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 are the two most underlined verses in all the Bible. I remember reading that out of a book that I was reading by Max Licato on anxiety. And I would commend that book to you. If you're having any anxiety issues, order his book called Anxious for Nothing. That's by Max Licato, Anxious for Nothing. It's one of the best books that I've ever read, and certainly on the, t- on the subject of anxiety. But in, in Philippians chapter 4, these two verses, according to the study that Lucato quoted, are the two most underlined verses in all the Word of God. And that just tells you what an epidemic we have with anxiety. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so in verse 6, we're reading about anxiety and putting our anxiety in God's hands and turning that over to Him. And then in verse 7, it says, The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. And so that's what I'm hoping you will experience is the peace of God 
But in order for us to do that, we have to do something with this anxiety. So what are we going to do? What is the first piece of the pie that will help us to be healed from our anxiety? Let me mention several things today. Number one, the first thing you should do is put your anxiety in God's hands. Put your anxiety in God's hands. That's what this verse says. Be anxious for nothing. Don't be stressed out or overwhelmed by anything. You think, well, God, how is that even possible? Well, here's how. But in everything by prayer and supplication. So we're supposed to put it in God's hands. So whatever it is today that's causing you to feel anxious, you give it to God. Say, God, you see what's happening in my family. You see what's happening, God, at work. You see what's happening, God, in my physical health and my finances, whatever it may be. God, I just want to put that in your hands. I give that to you. I turn that over to you. So that that is step one. Put it in God's hands. And then notice how it says after we pray and have our time of supplication, which is just talking about a more specific type of prayer, it says with thanksgiving. And so the second thing we want to do after we have put our anxiety in God's hands, We want to trust God to take care of the situation. So whatever you're anxious about, you trust God with that. In other words, you put that situation into his hands, and then you trust him to handle it. You trust him to take care of it. Now, let's just play like that the stress you're feeling today is because of the pace of your life. You're just doing, you're just going 90 to nothing. Meetings, all the different things you have responsibilities to do, okay? So you're going to put that in God's hands and you're going to say, God, I just can't handle the pace. I'm putting the pace into your hands. But God, as I do that, I'm asking you to show me how to slow down. Give me wisdom, God, to know what I'm doing that you don't expect me to do, that I don't have to do. And so I'm asking for wisdom in that respect, and I'm trusting you to show me what to do. So as as we put our anxieties in God's hands, then the second piece of that pie is we trust God with whatever it is we're worried about. If we're worried about our family, we trust God with our family. Whatever it is, we trust him. Now, the next piece that will help you with your anxiety, the next piece of this pie is take control of your thought life. Our thoughts are so very important. And I've noticed this. My anxiety seems to get worse the more I focus on me. The more I become preoccupied with John Redmond, with myself, with what I'm doing in my life, with how I feel, something going on in me, it somehow it causes my anxiety level to rise. Whereas if I can shift that and put my focus on to God, not on to me, but on to God. I think about that verse in the Old Testament that says, as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. And so our thoughts are so very important. And that's why Paul was telling us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that we are to take every thought captive. And so when you have a thought that is a a thought of worry or anxiety, or fear, that fear is something the devil will use to really uh, hamstring you and paralyze you when it comes to uh, moving forward in your relationship with God. And so fearful thoughts are not from God. The Bible is clear on that. And so what I would encourage you to do is take control of your thought life. And when you have a thought pop into your mind that causes you to be anxious or uptight, you have to arrest that thought. Just like a police officer would arrest a criminal, he would stop that criminal, stop that thief while he's in the the process of breaking into a home or whatever. We have to stop our thoughts from running wild. Listen, your thoughts 
are like a, a wild horse, and they have to be tamed. If you don't tame and control your thoughts, your thoughts will control you. In fact, if you don't learn to take control of your thoughts, you'll end up fearing your own thoughts because you're going to think, oh, I hope I don't start thinking that. I hope I don't start panicking or I hope that I don't stop. I hope I don't start uh, really getting anxious or stressed out. No, you don't. You're not at the mercy of your thoughts. Your thoughts are at the mercy of you. You control your thoughts. And so when you have a thought that comes into your mind, something bad's about to happen. Oh, this is going to be bad. Uh, You know, you better watch out here. This is terrible. You can't handle it. Any of these thoughts, you have to take control of those. I've had times in my life when I was so stressed out and so overwhelmed that I would be at our church on a Sunday and it would almost be time for me to get up to preach And I just had this thought run through my mind, you can't get up there and do the sermon today. You physically and mentally and emotionally cannot stand before the congregation for 30 minutes. You're just not going to be able to make it. And I would become so confused by that and so anxious and just had to learn that's not from God. That is from the devil. And he's always the one telling us what we can't do. God's telling us what we can do. So take control of your thoughts. And this is where it's so important to memorize Scripture or to have a little phrase in your mind. Like, for example, for me, if I have a thought like that run through my mind, I'll say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. I may say it over. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or if I have a thought that runs through my mind that says, uh, Something bad's about to happen. I just say, I'm trusting Jesus. I'm trusting Jesus. He will see me through this day. And so we have to learn to take control of our thoughts, discipline your mind, and bring your thoughts under the authority of the Word of God. And if you'll do that, you'll be a whole lot better off. And then something else that you have to do, this is another piece to the pie, accept where you are in life as part of God's will for you. Accept where you are. Now, that I know that statement itself opens up a lot of questions. That doesn't mean that everything that happens in life was caused by God. God doesn't cause sin, and God doesn't cause uh, a lot of the bad things that happen in life. God has didn't cause them. But in order for them to come into our life, since God's in control, we have to believe that he has allowed those things into our lives. And so we just accept where we are in life as part of God's will. I received a text not long ago from a member of our church. His wife had just been through major cancer surgery, and she was trying to deal with it. He was trying to deal with it. And thankfully, she came through the surgery fine, and she's going to be on a little maintenance chemotherapy for a while. But the doctors are believing that she's going to be fine in the long run. But he sent me a poem called, He Maketh No Mistake, talking about God, that God makes no mistakes in our lives. And this poem was written by a man named A.M. Overton back in the 1930s. And Brother Overton was a pastor, and suddenly and unexpectedly, his wife died. And at that time, they had several kids. In fact, she died giving birth to, uh, to one of their children. And not only did she die, but the baby died. And so here's this man who's lost his wife and he's lost his baby. And he's faced now, forced now rather, to go through the rest of his life trying to raise these kids by himself and missing his wife and and missing the baby that was to be born to them. And during the funeral, there was another pastor who spoke, but A.M. Overton sat on the front row and made some notes. And after the funeral, the officiating minister said, 
uh, sir, I noticed while I was up there speaking, you were writing. What was it you were writing? And he handed him this piece of paper. And it was a poem, and I want to close with this today, called He Maketh No Mistake. Listen to what it says. My father's way may twist and turn. My heart may throb and ache. But in my soul, I'm glad to know he maketh no mistake. My cherished plans may go astray. My hopes may fade away. But still I'll trust my Lord to lead, for he doth make doth know the way. Though night be dark and it may seem that day will never break, I'll pin my faith, my all in him. He maketh no mistake. There's so much now I cannot see. My eyesight's far too dim. But come what may, I'll simply trust and leave it all to him. For by and by the mist will lift and plain it all he'll make. Through all the way, though dark to me, he made not one mistake. Friend, the solution to anxiety is trusting God. Whatever you're going through today, you trust God with it. Put it in his hands. Trust him with it. Slow your pace down as much as you can and begin to enjoy the life that God has given you. Thanks for listening today, and I hope this program was a blessing to you.